Hello there, you're listening to the Tabletop Podcast with me, Paddy McGuinness. And me, Christine McGuinness. This series is all about the wonders and worries of raising disabled or seriously ill children. We'll be talking about lots of different things. Lots, whether it be the price tag of disability, trying to get away on a simple holiday, or the challenges of getting together as a family at mealtimes. And that's never easy at the best of times. So... On the Table Talk podcast, we are working with McCain, who believe every family should be able to enjoy mealtimes together. And Family Fund, the national charity providing grants and essential support to families on low incomes who are raising disabled or seriously ill children across the UK. Together, McCain and Family Fund are supporting even more families on low incomes, giving parents, carers and children a voice and helping to create those little moments that matter, like at mealtimes. Now, we all know that children can be expensive little tykes, always wanting the latest toy, growing out of the clothes every five minutes, or simply eating you out of house and home. But what about those costs that some families face, which are not only extra, but extra expensive? We are fortunate, though, we haven't had to face the financial challenges that far too many families have. And in this episode, we get to meet a fantastic mother to talk about those extra costs, learn about her family's experiences and maybe share some top-class parenting pointers. We all love a good pointer. So, grab a cuppa and maybe a little bite to eat as we have a chat with our guest. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Good, thank you. Very good. Where are you, where, where are you at the moment? Because I know you're in Scotland, but where exactly? So I'm in Dunning in Scotland. I, I'm not getting a Scottish accent. No, I'm not. I'm not from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so so are, you, are you from the Midlands originally? I am, yeah. Whereabouts? Um, Kinver, little village. Kinver. And how long have you been in Scotland? 20 years. 20 years? Yep. And you've not developed an accent. What is going on? I don't get out much. <laughs> <laughs> So, we're here to talk a little bit about yourself and your son, Logan. He's 16. Yeah. He's autistic. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah, sure. So, Logan has got a dual diagnosis of autism. Yeah. Uh, which is his primary, and then ADHD, which is his secondary. And then he's got quite a few comorbidities, which are coexisting conditions. You'll normally find in people that have one thing, they'll have quite a few other things too. Yeah. Um, and so, Logan's got autism, ADHD, OCD... He's just recently been diagnosed with Tourette's. Um, he's got sensory issues and he's got epilepsy as like a, a physical condition as well. So, Nikki, listening to you, when was the first time you thought, you know, something's not adding up here? Because you mentioned there are lots of things to diagnose, autism, Tourette's, ADHD. But did you already think he had any of those conditions? Do you know what? It's going to sound ridiculous, but I've got um, an older son and I didn't notice stuff with him because I didn't know. Mm. But with Logan, it was almost when I was pregnant with him. Really? He, just, he was like, he wanted to get going. He wanted to get out and get going, <laughs> start living. <laughs> and the second he came out, he didn't stop. He didn't sleep. He didn't, you know, he didn't hit any of the markers. He didn't do anything. And fortunately for me, his nursery teacher had just been on an autism course. And so he was four when he got diagnosed. So I am so lucky. <laughs> and I've spent the last, you know, 40 no yeah years learning about it that's that's a good age i think for a child to get diagnosed for the The parents i think early diagnosis is so important i wasn't aware that the children were any different to anybody else because they were just like me and i wasn't aware that i was different to anybody else but i just think everyone's different everyone develops at different stages anyway so i never worried or panicked when the children weren't hitting their milestones yeah 
but when when you do know about it, like I said, with our youngest, I knew more about it than it weren't a worry it was just more that I thought okay we can step in here we can help we can try and get support we can try and get a you know any kind of speech and language therapy if we do it a lot earlier it'll help her and I do believe it has Mm -hmm. something I did want to ask you about was your family and friends do you feel like they understand because that's something we even though we talk about it an awful lot we still feel that it is massively misunderstood even with people that are around us Totally. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Because you feel judged by them. And when they're sort of misunderstanding your family situation, it puts pressure on you to do things a certain way. And that's the worst thing you can possibly do for you and your kids. So I was going to write a book and call it Start Chase It Pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> when, I, when I entered Logan's world, like I just had this like moment where I got so fed up with everybody and everything and just trying to conform. And so I started chasing pigeons with him down the high street and me just being in his world and making him feel like somebody understood him it just completely changed both of our lives and because he was aggressive up to that point and biting and kicking and punching and you know and we've got all the frustration and meltdowns and it changed just changed and I was like wow yeah (laughs) that's amazing when Logan was younger how was he how did it affect him um I mean, anxiety right, okay. is a massive thing. So, you know, and even going out was really difficult. Yeah, His anxiety is still really, really bad, but we've got ways of dealing with it now and ways of coping with it that we didn't have then. Life wasn't easier or harder when he was younger. It was just different and probably more challenging because we didn't have those coping strategies in place. Yeah, And we needed to learn a lot about, you know, how to deal with the anxiety and how to deal with him running off and having no road sense and, you know, all the things that, I've got a little bit easier as he's gotten older. Not much at the moment, but a little bit. We learnt it and we had to sort of figure out how to do it. And I think that's what makes it easier. It's that educating yourself and just finding out how to, you know, make it safe for you, safe for your child. And the planning comes into that. You know, when you go in anywhere, you've got to know where every emergency exit is. I mean, you've got to have contingency plans. You know, like if you're somewhere and they have panic attack or anything like that happens, you've got to know if you're going to go sit in the car. You know, you've got to have discussed this beforehand. There can't be any surprises of anything. I mean, you can't. And that's the problem with the outside world. It's so unpredictable. You know, so you've got to have con- like these strategies in place. Even I mean, I've got a bag full of fidget toys and yeah. electronics and headphones and, you know, that go everywhere with us. So. Yeah. Yes. There's so much stuff you've got to take with you, isn't there? So you got the diagnosis of Logan at the age of four. Throughout his childhood, when did you make him aware himself? At what age? You know, I've spoke to parents who've told the children when they were six-year-old, our, our oldest are eight, and we've not mentioned it to them yet. And not for any other reason. We just feel as though they're happy enough at the minute and it might be a bit much for them. So we're, we're sort of picking our moment. But with Logan, when did you tell him? Well, I think because of the way I am, um, my parents didn't tell me stuff. Mm. And so I got really paranoid, really anxious because I knew something was going on. People think people with autism aren't like empathetic or can't read people. Yeah. We can't read social situations. We can read people. Yeah. On a one-to-one. Yeah. So we always know what they're thinking and feeling. So if they don't like us, we know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So because of the way I was, I told him before we went for his diagnosis. So I'm like, you know, these things you do, you know, you punch mommy and you kick me and you don't want to and then you get sad and we're going to go find out or try and find out why you do that. Oh, wow. And so we went, he got diagnosed 
and he's always known. Oh, so you told him really young. Yeah. So that four four year. Yeah. God, that's amazing. The R's were still non-verbal when we were doing all of those assessments and everything. So we we yeah. couldn't discuss it with them, and even now we still we still don't know. I don't know if there is a right time. It's what works for you, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, absolutely. I, you know, don't ever condemn a family, and don't ever take anything personally. And now Logan is sixteen. Is he? comfortable and confident talking about his additional needs is he okay with it all yeah i mean he's it used to be minecraft and um lego and now it's like spotify and xbox and i often hear him and i'm so proud (laughs) because i'm just there and he's talking to somebody he's like oh that's my tourette's or that's because i've got adhd i've done that so don't take it personally (laughs) and just like oh that's great yeah i mean uh we play his xbox together which can be challenging. Uh, we play like Monopoly and board games on any digital platforms. I've got uh, an iPad as well and we play board games on there. So if I want to talk to him about something, I'll take him in the car. <laughs> it's not only is he trapped, but it's also a really good way of just, because I'll let him put his music on and then we'll chat while his music's on. And we'll talk about that first off and that kind of opens things up. And um, Logan also had uh, like liver disease through glandular fever, um, which is an ongoing problem actually. So, his local GP um, recommended us for this new sports club thing, um, which we do as a family. So uh, he, his favourite at the moment is badminton. So we went and did that last night. And that's another way of getting teens to talk is doing really cool things with them like that, that they enjoy. And then when they're in a happy kind of relaxed frame of mind, then they start doing fun things and talking. So it's good. That's really good to hear that your GP has gone involved and that you're getting support. I was wondering, though, about Logan's sleep. As you mentioned, he had a lot of trouble sleeping when he was younger. That's definitely an ASD ADHD thing I mean sleep is not a great thing when you've got that you don't get a lot of it yeah so yeah I mean it, that is really difficult yeah I think Logan gets about sort of between two and four hours broken sleep and obviously that does impact you it does affect you how you function because mm. I'm the same you know it's got to affect your sort of cognitive thinking and things like that because you you know it's really difficult but it's not like you don't want to sleep and he doesn't have gadgets on and he doesn't watch anything he literally has lay in bed for eight hours straight just like staring at his ceiling because he wants to sleep now he's at that age where he knows it you know he needs to and he can't yeah and we've tried to don't even <laughs> we've tried a lot of things there's a lot of things they've got that they can throw at you there's melatonin and there's it's the sleep clinics you know so we've been there done that and you know i don't they they probably do work for a lot of people but unfortunately they did not work for us so yeah that i that's what i expected ours is the same only our youngest youngest. felicity our youngest leo and penelope kind of are into it we we can get them in early they won't have a lion they won't have a lion will they that might never change hate to be the bearer of bad news (laughs) don't say that nikki oh my god please (laughs) (laughs) i need a lion so with Logan, with his autism, and obviously our children have got autism, and you know we, I say we we know a bit about that. But how do you cope with things like, and this is totally new to myself and Christine, with Logan with his Tourette's? I mean, I love it. So when we're out and he just whistles or shouts, and somebody's like, <laughs> I find that hysterical. So I mean, yeah. with, with me, with everything, it's just a case of I'm there for Logan, not there for anybody else. So I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. So yeah. if I'm in a meeting for him yeah. or anything, I'm there as his voice. I'm there to advocate for him. So anybody else can think what they want. I think with any child anyway, if you can kind of get into their mind and into their little world, it it helps everyone. I think it, it helps us if we if we mm-hmm. can distract our children with 
things like you know getting into Minecraft and Roblox and you sit and talk about cars with Leo yeah. and you know that you can really get into his oh, little absolutely. world it helps but as a parent did you have extra support like we've just said family and friends don't really understand but there is lots of groups out there I know you went to the Perth ADHD group that really helped you yeah. and it was them that told you about family fund wasn't it yeah it was them that told me about the family fund and how did they help you like the last 10 years I've been getting grants from them and they've been clothing my child they've been giving us days out wow. you know they've been even like last, I get loads of extra washing. I'm sure you can relate. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've got a dryer because I live in Scotland. <laughs> I can't blow dry my clothes. <laughs> so yeah. um, it, it was just like, it broke, my dryer broke. And I was on the phone to the ADHD group crying. <laughs> mm. I just went into like a complete free fall. I'm just like, how the hell am I going to dry my mountains and mountains of clothes? Because Logan won't wear the same thing once. And he's got, he's taken PE as a subject at school. So he does lots of PE too. So right. I literally have endless washing and I just thought it rains a lot here and it's grey and it's cloudy and it's miserable and damp. And, you know, if you put it on the radiators, he's got asthma too. And that exacerbates that. And it's just like, how am I going to dry these clothes? There's so many of them. <laughs> and I guess I could go to a laundrette, but then I've got costs of going in, in the car, petrol and paying for the laundrette. Not to mention what I do with Logan while I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that on holiday a couple of times. It's been horrendous. Um, so, yeah, I was just like in a complete panic. And when I do that, I normally phone the ADHD group and go, I don't know what to do. My dryer's broken. I'm normally crying at this point. And they'll like normally come up with some solutions and there's various things. But the one that always comes up all the time is family fund. And because we were in lockdown and my eldest son was shielding, we hadn't gone anywhere or done anything and I hadn't applied to the family fund. And they said, you know, they we think they've got extra government funding as well because a lot of families are having a really tough time. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even think of them. How could I not have thought of them? You know, I've been using them for so long and they've been so great. And so I applied and within a few days I'd got a new dryer. I mean, it was literally that simple and I was just like eternally grateful as I always am of them. I think that's something that a lot of people don't expect. With children anyway, we all know how expensive they can be, but children with additional needs, those extra costs, there's, there's quite a lot. I think it's amazing that Family Fund have been able to help you in some ways with that. The support, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And remember, if you're listening at home, you can make a big difference to even more families by donating to Family Fund. Just talking about the cost of living with children with additional needs, mm. something that people probably wouldn't think of or understand is that you become this full-time carer. And I was very, very fortunate. Patrick works so much. I was able to have those early years at home and be the full-time carer with the children. The first five years, I never left them. I became a carer. I was doing all the speech and language therapy, going to hospital appointments three, four times a week. We were doing occupational therapy. There was no way I would have been able to hold down a job as well as do that. Oh, thank God I was able to do it. But I speak to so many families that struggle. They can't go to work and care for all the children that have got disabilities and other needs. So for you, I'm assuming that must have been a really difficult time. Yeah, <laughs> Still has its moments. <laughs> it's still difficult. When I was in a relationship with Logan's dad and we lived together, he worked all the time. So doing a part-time job was really, really difficult still because, you know, if I got a phone call from the school... yeah. I had to go pick my son up. I mean, I don't even know how you explain that to an employer that I might have to leave several times a day and I've got several hospital appointments a month that I've got to go to. And it's just incredibly impractical, you know? And then if you're going to pay somebody else to look after your child or to take care of their needs, you're in a deficit 
with whatever you're earning because it needs to be such a specific sort of care from somebody else. Of course. That it's just not practical. And yeah, the school thing, I mean, just getting called to school constantly. Like if Logan forgets his PE kit, which he does all the time, because like a lot of these kind of kids forget things a lot and need constant reminders or visual timetables or he can't wear like a PE kit from a cupboard at school. He, he wouldn't go near it, let alone wear it. Yeah. So that's my responsibility. So I don't go to uni very often because it's really difficult for me to be like 20 odd miles away from him. Um, so if I do go to uni, I've been dragged back sometimes, had to drive home, get his PE kit, take it back to him and then go back to uni. <laughs> so, you know, that's a massive amount of petrol that I wouldn't have used and wear and tear on my car that I wouldn't have used. And, of course. You know, it just that, that happens all the time. You've just got to be on it constantly. I mean, there is no break. There's no, you know, it's 24-7, 365 days a year. I mean, it, it, it is tough. And it's probably even harder because obviously you're a full-time curer. Then on top of that, you've got those extra costs you've mentioned. Can you tell us a bit about those costs, uh, you know, that you just face in everyday life? Yeah, I mean, like clothes run out really quickly because there's only specific ones he'll wear, you know, so we've got like five pairs of each of them. Yeah. And the second they run out, they need replacing, which is often because they get washed every day. <laughs> so, you know, and, and there's a lot of accidents. A lot of kids have got dyspraxia, which is a condition that affects your balance and they fall over a lot and they chip up and... You know, so there's a lot of damage to clothes. There's a lot of damage to electrical items and goods. You know, like most kids might break their phone or lose it or drop it occasionally or once a year or whatever. I mean, that's regular and like intentional breaking of stuff as well. They they get really angry. They'll throw things. They'll break it. Like Logan's had his phone for a year now and he's just broke it. I mean, that's a record for us. (laughs) It's like a massive win (laughs) because normally, you know, the screen's getting broken or something's getting broken. So... And the headphones as well. That's like headphones are a sensory item for him. So he's not always like listening to music, but they're noise cancelling. So it can be just about closing the world out and not having to listen to people when we go places, especially sort of hospital appointments and places that cause a lot of anxiety. You know, he can wear them and feels that's kind of his safe space, if you like. So, yeah, it's it's about the the need for these items. It's they're not luxuries. It's the fact that our kids can't cope without them. They cannot be in the world the way it's set up at the moment, you know, as intolerant as it is without these items. And so, you know, I just couldn't afford to replace them all the time if I didn't kind of get help from places like the Family Fund. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the support has helped you? Well, I mean, like the day trips have been incredible. And we had a, um, nearly said a really nice family day out then, but that's probably not most people's definition of a really nice family day out. We had a family day out where, we managed to exist in the same space for a while. <laughs> but that has to be very well managed, you know, because tempers get, you know. I mean, it is helpful because if, like, my eldest stayed at home, then, yeah, that was respite for him okay. and we got to do something. Again, a lot of planning, you know. I've got to sort of virtually Google everything to make sure we know where we're going and what streets look like and where we're going to park and what the place is set out like. So if I can't figure that out online, I'll always get sort of physical maps and stuff so that we can see the inside and mm. what we're yeah. going to do and how we're going to do it. And, you know, so there's a lot of planning goes into it. Yeah. Which is pretty exhausting. <laughs> and like I said before, with sort of anxiety or stuff, there's always got to be somewhere where we can, or we have to leave sometimes. We've got places and left. So, yeah. um, but when we get there, it's pretty good. And Logan is a huge fan of science and physics and space and the sky. And, okay. Yeah. So he's got a telescope which he's forever like taking shots of the moon on his camera from. And, you know, he really loves doing things like that. So, I mean, those kind of things are are brilliant. Yeah. And it's the fact that they give you money for days out so you can choose what is specific to your child's sort of interest. 
because you know again they're all different so it was sort of a tickets to a theme park just wouldn't work for us because they wouldn't go on any of the rides and yeah. you know so it's good that it's it's your choice yeah. the way they do it like that is a really good thing and when we first moved here it was like a new area for us and logan was a ball of energy at that point so i got a trampoline and a swing from them right which was amazing that was in the garden so he was always out there in the garden we'd been in a flat oh wow <laughs> nightmare yeah so as soon as we got that that was the first thing and and clothes and days out and it's predominantly been either toys gadgets clothes and days out ever since right okay it's more than just supplying toys they're like you said i know with a trampoline and with a swing that's totally sensory you know, for a child with additional needs, that's amazing. It's it's an amazing gift. It's not. It's more than just a toy, yeah. but then also providing things for you or for any any parents, whether it be a microwave or a washing machine. It's it's support and it's help. And does it does it feel like when you're in touch with the people at Family Fun? Does it feel like a relationship that Nikki, or does it, you know, or is it very much like you fill in a form, you send it in, and they send you back? money or a voucher or whatever it depends how you want to look at it yeah and having to tell people your life situation having to tell them how hard things are for you how bad it is for you is a horrible horrible thing to do it's a similar story with dla funds and and forms and pip fund forms and things like that it's Mm. it's hard it's really really hard because sometimes admitting that to yourself is incredibly difficult yeah you know, it's not easy living this life. And if you've got family and friends that judge you already, the last thing you want to do is let them know how bad it really is, yeah. you know? And Instagram doesn't help that because everybody's all, everything's great. Life's brilliant. My son's doing this and look at all these awards they've won. And you're going, my son tied his shoelaces, mm. you know? So you need to use people like Family Fun because A, that's what they're there for. And they're amazing at what they do. They can give you all sorts of support. It's not just financial. They can give you, you know, a lot of support with things and just use them. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Just use them. Yeah. That's what they're there for. And don't worry about filling out forms and saying how how hard your life is. I mean, wear that as a badge of honour. Don't be ashamed of it. You're so right, Nikki. There really shouldn't be any shame, and especially now because things are so hard for some families. Absolutely, yeah. That, that Nikki, for me, resonates more than anything. That That's really good advice. Nikki, I was reading... I might have to watch me back here because you're coming into the industry. Have you, have you done a you uni or have you just done a uni course? Well, I wanted to go to uni when I left school, but I couldn't. I was not in a position to do that right. in any way, shape or form, emotionally or all the problems I'd got going on because I was undiagnosed. I've yeah. got severe dyslexia, me and Irene, so many things. And I just couldn't even envisage doing it. But when I got my diagnosis, that's like a key that unlocks all the help that enables you to do things. Yeah, absolutely. And like I think you know, with the tiniest bit of support, you can fly. And it's about getting kids to understand that, you know. And so, yeah, I'm at uni now and I'm fully supported. I've got loads of things in place and I've got sort of mental health mentors and and it's amazing. And I just want to go into that industry so that I can change the perception of mainstream media, which is very neurotypical people <laughs> yeah what is it you're studying at university film and media <laughs> ah brilliant 
Nikki, if you don't mind me asking, what age was it that you went into uni? Uh, 2019, so what, 46? Right, okay. That's amazing. Very mature student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, good for you. You've just, you, obviously you've got diagnosed, that's really helped you. You've found your feet and you've got the support you need. So it just goes to show that, you know, it's never too late. And getting a late diagnosis, it's still helpful and it's still important. And film and media, where you were saying you, you, you're at uni now, when you were growing up, is it something you were interested in that? And did you watch a lot of films or, you know, how did it all come about? Yeah, because that's how I stay calm. That's kind of my stim is watching yeah. films or listening to music because I just couldn't communicate and I got frustrated. And so I'd watch a film and then show some, I'd tell somebody to watch that film and I'd be like, that's what I'm trying to say. Or I'd play them a song and I'd be like, that's what I'm trying to say to you. I found music amazing. I listen to mm-hmm. music so much. I always have done and I never understood it before. Now I do. Like you said, it's a yeah. bit of a stim and I can listen to, you don't know this, I can listen to to one song, I'm not exaggerating, a hundred times, over and over and over again. And I used to do it as a teenager, I used to watch one film. I've only ever watched one film in my life because I I can't stay focused. But it it was Dirty Dancing and I watched it. (laughs) watched that like over a (laughs) hundred times. I knew it word for word and for my 21st birthday, Patrick took me to see it in London in theatre and... It wasn't the same. It wasn't the no, film. It, wouldn't be. it no. was different, and I've never watched it since. <laughs> so basically, I've ruined Dirty Dancing. You ruined, it. ruined yeah. it for me. You yeah. ruined it for me. I don't know about you, but that was like I learned how to be social, how I thought I should be. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what I thought relationships were going to be like as well, which is why they've all crashed and burned. Uh, <laughs> they're not like that at all. I, I honest... Oh, when you say, can you take me to the swimming baths and lift me up, please, in the water? <laughs> no, but honestly, they were an office holiday God together. Blimey. Do you not remember I asked you to do the lift Yeah, you did. You cracked your chin open in the bottom of the swimming pool. <laughs> it was a disaster. So, yeah, I've, I've tried to live life through through films myself, but now music music is definitely my therapy and, and I feel fully involved with the weird and I'm there in the moment but I do listen to it obsessively so for me music's definitely a bit of a bit of a therapy and a bit of a stim thanks very much for that Nikki before we leave Nikki something we always do on Table Talk is ask parents for table tips you know and this could be absolutely anything it could be making food in a certain way something you do when you go out that you always do that helps what are your table tips anything at all yeah i mean um budgeting so if you can fix your electricity and gas and things like that fix it um you may pay it a tiny bit more upfront while you're doing it every month but it's better in the long run because i know like most people at the moment i am terrified of my bills doubling in april i mean i don't even know how that goes for people that are struggling already that's not going to go well is it um buy bars of soap instead of gel soap because they last a million times longer great show <laughs> top tip yeah. yeah they might they might like cost a little bit more up front but they save you loads of money in the long run yeah <laughs> you know if it's a sunny day peg your washing out really <laughs> <Yeah. happen> <laughs> <laughs> do you know everything you said that i like that soap one because everywhere now is liquid soap, isn't it? Yeah. And it's gone in two minutes. And our kids, if they use it, they're squirting it all over the floor and oh everything my God, else. Yeah. But a little bar of soap will last, last you a lot longer. longer. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. I'm going to put that on my table tips. <laughs> Bars of soap. That's him. <laughs> right, okay. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been thoroughly, 
thoroughly enjoyable. And I hope you, I hope the future for you and Logan and your other lad who we won't talk about because he's too cool for this is <laughs> <laughs> happy. Thank you. And thank you guys for everything you're doing. We need people to speak about this and just to normalise it. We do. That's why I'm at uni doing film and media so I can make films with autistic people in and just normalise that. We definitely need to talk about it so much more. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been amazing to speak to someone that really understands. Thanks very much, Nikki. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Table Talks with Paddy and Christine McGuinness. Thanks so much to our wonderful guests today and thank you to McCain for getting us together with Family Fund and making all this possible. And don't forget to keep an ear out for future episodes. And if you want to make a donation to Family Fund, no matter how big or how small, please visit the website at mccainfamilyfund.co.uk. It'll make such a difference. Thanks for joining us. See you again. Or hear you again. You know what I mean. Bye. Bye.